Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Mr. Stowe. How's everybody doing today? Good. You've been worshiping the Lord, man. I tell you what, there's something about being in the presence of God that just brings a peace, doesn't it? Opens up your spirit where you're ready to hear the word. And then not only are we hungry for God, we just finished talking about that. But in just a little bit, we're going to be hungry from some barbecue and some of the desserts that the ladies made. Hungry for some water slides. By the way, I'm going to challenge a couple of the kids as the day progresses. I'm going to challenge a couple of the kids to a water slide race. And how many of you know that when you have a little more mass, that you can go, at least by the time you get to the end, a little bit faster? So... I'm going to smoke those kids. They're going to leave them, try to beat me. We're going to have fun. We are. <laughs> Easy, Dean. <laughs> hey, we are going through this whole year. We're taking the whole year to talk about, by the way, if you're visiting with us, thank you for being with us today. So good to see all the smiling faces of the church family and those of you who are visiting. Hope you feel welcome today, and I hope you feel loved as you're here. Uh, in just a little bit, so uh, we'll, we'll kind of have it all today, and I'm, you, you, you chose a good day to be here. We are starting a new series as we're learning about the core values that God has given us. There's six of them, and uh, we just finished up a series, Pursuing God, because we know that, man, the life of a believer, we have got to know God. We've got to know who He is. We've got to know His Word, and there's things that we have to pursue. There's things that we have to empty of because if we are so full of ourselves and so full of our own desires and so full of our own passions, there's no room for God at all. So we're going to this new series today called The One Another's series that I found as I was on my study retreat uh, last week and, and uh, last year, I'm sorry, last year, and I was trying to find series that, that would fit into our core values and what God is speaking to us. And the core value that this is uh, feeding into today is this. We love God. We just established that. We were talking about you know, pursuing more of God. Of course, we need more of Him. So we love God and commit to love one another. Now that word commit in there is very intentional. Sometimes if you had brothers and sisters growing up, there were days you had to commit to love them because otherwise you just something to them that would not be pleasant. You know what I'm saying? So we do. We have to commit to love each other. And so that's the core value that we're talking about. With this, um, in, in our individualistic society, right, we're out for, as a society, we are out for our own goals, we're out for our own pursuit, looking out for number one, we're flooded by it with commercials and just by the culture that we live in, but in our individualistic society, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that Christians are bonded together in a relationship of unity as members of one another, and Romans 12, uh, verse 5, Romans chapter 12, verse 5 talks about that. Um, it says, in fact, so critical is this relationship that our horizontal fellowship with the family of God, so that's what we're going to have that today. We're going to have this horizontal, you know, just across from one another. This horizontal fellowship with the family of God even influences our vertical relationship with the Father. We're going to see things that, that talk about in the Scripture. If you hate your brother, you cannot say that you love God. If you have hate in your heart against your brother, you cannot say that you love God. Well, that, that's a strong verse because I, I look back over my life and there's been times where I have really strongly disliked people. Um, 
maybe earlier in my years, I remember, boy, I just had a flashback. I remember back in kindergarten, this kid, he, w- he punched me in my stomach one day at the water fountain, right? We kind of look back over that, and I was so angry at him. And now, this tells you I'm getting old, okay? My, my kindergarten teacher stood me up in front of the class with him and let me punch him back. I, I, I wasn't planning on talking about this. I, it just it was the Lord's healing me today of this all against my brother in kindergarten. I would, my my teeth were just grit, and I just and I hit him really hard, and he just looked at me. I was like, so I hit him again, and I think I hurt him. I don't know, but you know we were in we were in Boy Scouts probably three or four years later, and he's there, and I see him across the playground, and I can remember being in, in kids' church, and I remember talking about forgiveness in your heart, and, and just looking across the playground and seeing this boy, and once again, I, I want to go punch him, because this time he'll cry. I had not gotten rid of that as, as a little kid, but we can harbor heart, uh, hate in our heart. It's easy to do. Uh, against against one another. So we're going to talk about this today. Romans 12, 4, we just kind of referenced that. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. Now today, what we are going to talk about is among the family of God. We are going to jump outside of that and talk about relationship with those who are not believers, those who have not made a confession of Jesus Christ, and we're going to touch a little bit on, on our current events that are going on uh, in our world. Let me tell you, the things that are happening in Charlottesville, uh, the things that are happening around the world are, are horrible. It should not be so, especially in the family of God, but it should not be so anywhere where anybody thinks they are better than anyone else. As a matter of fact, the scripture says something about you're only fooling yourself if you think that. If you think that you are better than anybody else, you are only fooling yourself. So we're going to touch on that just a little bit. But honestly, the things that have been going on in Charlottesville and around our nation, it's a symptom. It's a symptom of sin. It's a symptom of the evil one. And so we'll we'll get into that in just a moment. But as uh, Mr. Mr. Stowe said a few moments ago, the theme for the year is pursue. What are we pursuing? Are we pursuing God Are we pursuing relationship with others? And before I even get into this, can I say this? Sometimes we just need to turn off the TV. The news media, and I'm not bashing news media totally, okay? But they are in this to make a profit and to get ratings. And what's going to get profit and a rating? It's a bad story. Not a good story. So sometimes we just need to turn off the TV. That does not deny the hate that's in our our culture. That does not deny uh, any of that. I'm just saying sometimes it's elevated more than what reality is as a whole. Now, do we have hate? Do we have things in our heart that we need to reconcile and get right with God? Absolutely we do. Are there things in the past that we need to take care of? Absolutely we do. But here's, here's the thing. Point number one today, the purpose of Satan is to divide God's kingdom so that it is powerless. Now, we're talking about the church here for a moment, okay? We're not talking about these, out, you know, the outside extreme groups and people who are filled with hate. You know, we're, we're talking about within the church, okay? But if God can do that in a nation that calls itself Christian as well, he, he's going to do that too. So the purpose, very 
purpose of Satan is to divide God's kingdom so that is powerless. Look at this for a moment. He divided the angels before we were even created. A third of them were cast down from heaven because Satan said, I will become like God. I will exalt myself. I, I will be like God. And some of the angels says, we're on your side, Satan. And they became demons. And they were cast down. From the very beginning, Satan was about dividing. He broke up the first family through deception. Adam and Eve broke them up. He deceived, right? As a serpent, he went up to Eve and he said, hey, God, did he really say this? Did God really say, you know, through deception, he brought division among the first family. Look at Cain and Abel. What happened there? Satan came and he brought division there. That is his sole purpose on this earth within the church is to bring division through deception. Now, as we're talking about this today, here's another thing I want you to keep in mind. Because I know that there, you know, in this congregation and even in my own life, there have been times where uh, there's division, maybe in family, extended family. Uh, maybe there's division in your neighborhood. Maybe even, it may even be division among us. Lord, let it not be so. Help us reconcile that. But the scripture says this, and this is what I want us to keep in mind through this whole talk today. The Bible also says, as much as depends on you, be at peace with all people. I can try and try and try to reconcile with Mike because of you know, maybe something I did against him or something he did against me. He is not willing to reconcile with me. It is my responsibility to do everything that I can do to reconcile this relationship. If one party is not willing... You have to give it to the Lord and say, Lord, will you please soften their heart? Maybe if there's other areas where I need to change, help me to do that. But as we're talking about this today, as much as depends upon you. We're going to talk about unity and, and bringing that together today. So are we good? Our nation is at a high place of division, uh, as, at least as we're being told. And, and we see it in pockets across our nation, okay? We do see that going on. Our churches in many pockets are following suit. Christian views are being shaped more by our politics than it is by God's word. Have you noticed that? How many hate groups are calling themselves Christians? I got news for you. They're not. Christian, the term Christian has become more of a political term. Well, let me say this. Groups are using it as more of a political term than what is reality. If you are a Christian, you will love God and you will love your neighbor. You will not think that you're superior. So we have these things that are going on. Um, we have the white supremacists. They're claiming to be Christian. Other groups acting in the name of God. Because here, here again, we're going to go back to the root. Satan is working hard to divide our nation. And he's doing a really good job. He's working hard to divide our churches, and he's done a good job with that as well. He is also working very hard to divide our families. Many, many of you have, have faced that, where Satan has come. and ha you know, I'm a product of that. I grew up in a single-parent home. Thank God for my mom who kept me in church. Um, thank God for my mom who you know, showed me the right way. And uh, Mom, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm patting you on the back. I think you did a good job, so thank you, Mom. Um, we won't talk about the issues <laughs> that I have. But Satan is working hard to bring division. And it takes the people of God to choose to come together in love. And so we're going to look at this. 
all of hell is unified in bringing division. That's the purpose of Satan. That's the purpose of his devils, his demons. I, I don't know about you, and I think I do know about you. Let me, let me rephrase that. I believe that there is demonic activity that goes on to bring separation. I, I believe that 100%. You can see it happening all the time. I want to thank those who were able to come out Wednesday night. We were praying for unity and our community. I thought that was kind of a nice little thing there, unity in the community. You know, we, we, we began to pray, and some of you couldn't make it. And you said, I'm praying from home, Pastor David, and thank you for doing that. Or I'm praying from the office. Thank you for being able to do that. Um, but there are acts that have to happen. You know, there are things that we do. But, but let, me, let me promise you one thing. We can develop all kinds of programs. We can develop all kinds of good sayings, unity in the community. And I, I don't know if I came up with that, but it was in my head, so I'm going to claim credit for it. Um, we can claim all these kind of things, but the reality is it has to be in our heart. It has got, to, the, the whole idea of unity has got to be in our heart. We have to be willing to fight against the kingdom of darkness. So thank you again to all who, ca who came out uh, to show that, uh, that unity that we have. Go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 12, 25. I want us to look at something here. We're talking about how unity is much deeper than what we can see on the surface. Division is much deeper than what we can see uh, on the surface. And Jesus uh, shows this in Matthew 12, 25. We'll go through verse 29 here. It says that Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil, civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and is fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of the strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Here's what God is looking for, and I'm going to go away from my notes just for a moment. God is looking for people who are willing to fight against hate in our own homes. We're not talking just a community, nationwide thing right now. We're talking about, we're, we're getting personal here. He is looking for people who are willing to stand up to the evil thoughts, the hate that is coming into our minds, coming into our hearts. I was talking earlier this week with a few people. You know, some of this stuff, many of you, you grew up with it. You know, there's some things, um, I'm not going to make this just a southern thing, but growing up in the south, maybe there's things that we just always grew up with and we thought that was the way things should. Here's what God is looking for, people who are willing to say, you know what, there's something about how I was taught that doesn't line up with God's word. There's something about what I was, you know, what was shown to me that does not line up with God's word. So instead today, I choose love. So I'm going to fight against all the powers of hell in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm going to begin to, to fight against that, and I'm not going to allow for division in my nation, at least in my circle. I'm not going to allow for division within my community, within my church, and within my home. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you are bound. And that's what Jesus is looking for right here. Someone 
who is powerful enough to enter the house of this strong man, Satan, and plunder his goods, someone even stronger who could tie him up. We bind you. That's what bind means. If I had a rope today, I would tie Dean's hands up, you know, just because that would be, that would be, now Dean, come at me. No, you would tie him up. That's what that means, binding in Jesus' name, so that he cannot work. Satan will not be able to bring disunity when there is love in our hearts, and we are committed to that. That's what Jesus is talking about. Let's look here for a moment at God. God is composed of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. They are unified. Nothing can break them up. And you know what? Satan knows that. So, Satan understands the unity of God. He understands that the Trinity cannot be disunified, but he recognizes that he can divide people. And he can divide the people of God. All right? Disunity happens when... Now now listen to this. You might want to write this one down too. Disunity happens when disagreements are amplified by hell itself. Let me say that again. Disunity happens when disagreements are amplified by hell itself. And we've seen this in the church just in the area of music before. Styles of music. You know, it's no big deal. But Satan amplifies that to where it brings, and churches have split over music. Churches have split over colors of carpet. Now, this is a long time ago. But churches have split over the ridiculous things. And you look back and you think, that doesn't even make sense. But it does make sense when you have Satan who is amplifying it. And he's able to to work that in there. Think about family arguments. Think about your last family argument. Do you even remember what it was about? Usually not. Now, sometimes they're pretty intense, and, and you do. But I can, I can remember thinking, Stasha and I, there were times where we would be frustrated with each other, and I'm thinking, why am I so angry with her? The reality is, Satan was wanting to amplify a situation that was nothing at all to bring disunity and to bring about the splitting of our marriage. He was all about that amplified a little situation. Have you lived that out? Have you ever faced that where you're like, honey, I don't even know why we're arguing. Are you hearing your kids at times? Boys, what are you arguing about? I don't know. It's true. It's what Satan does. It's what he lives to do. Oneness I'm sorry, unity is oneness of purpose and not sameness. So where Satan comes in and he says, you have to do everything the same. No, we're talking about oneness of purpose here, not sameness. We talked about this about a month ago. We all understand that we have differing uh, preferences, but we can still unite under Christ. My boys may have different preferences that lead. Stasha and I may have different preferences which lead us to argue. The church may have different preferences that lead us to argue because it's being amplified by hell itself. But when we understand that unity is uh, oneness of purpose and not sameness, let me, let, me, let me illustrate it this way. There are different instruments in an orchestra, but they are all playing the same song. They're playing different notes, they're playing different rhythms, but when you put it all together, it's a beautiful... I can remember being in band. Yeah, I was one of those band geeks, I guess. I can remember being in band, and we would play something, and it would turn out beautiful. The tubas were playing something different than the trombones and the trumpets and the flutes, all playing different things, but when they came together, it was a beautiful melody that was happening. Yeah. 
There are different players on a football team, but they are driving for the same goal. You see what I did there? They're driving for the same goal. There are different positions on a race team, but they are all pursuing the checkered flag. Each of, the, um, each of us embrace and welcome the differences of the other parts, and as we do that, we know that the goal is the same. Let me say this. We can do that as long as we understand that the goal is the same. My preferences may not be your preferences. But when we understand that this is for the kingdom of God and His purpose, those things really don't matter. The little nitpicky things don't matter. And as long as we're not allowing Satan to amplify those things, and instead we say, you know what, I will yield in this area, or you will yield in this area, because we understand that we have the same purpose, then Satan cannot come in and plunder. Satan cannot come in and divide. Um, in these situations here, the orchestra, the football team, the race team, when each of the members, like I said, embrace and welcome them, something beautiful will happen. The differences must move toward the same end. Now think about a football team here for a moment. You have big guys on the team. A big guy who's 300 pounds, strong as an ox, he is not going to be a wide receiver in most cases. What do you need for a wide receiver? You need a guy who's tall, who's thin, and who's quick. That's what you want for a wide receiver. But they appreciate one another. So here you have this lineman who's, have you guys have seen professional football players up close. They make Clint look like a dwarf. These guys are huge. And Clint's a big guy, but I mean, these, these guys are absolutely huge. So you have these linemen, they're coming up. And then for a running back, what do you have for a running back? Usually he's a little shorter. Legs are about this big around. He's got a very low center of gravity, but he appreciates that lineman because he knows there's an equally big person on the other side of the line that wants to splatter him. So you have this appreciation. The lineman does not get the attention that the running back does, but it's okay because they are driving for the same goal. Let it be that way in the kingdom of God. God has designed us differently. Some of you would not be up on this platform if it meant you would win a million dollars. Well, that may at least get you up here. You know, and some people are more suited, their, their personalities, or maybe God has, in my case, God said, this is what you're doing. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. Um, but we appreciate, you know, there's some people who thrive in the background. They absolutely love doing the background stuff. I'm not going to call out Sonny and Clay this morning for being in the background, but they, they thrive being back there. And it helps us to see the notes. It helps us to see the words. It helps us to be able to hear. We're all pursuing the same goal. And we're not allowing Satan to come in and, and, and to where we think, oh, well, they're just, they're, you don't ever see them, so they're a little less than, or, oh, there was a mistake with the sound, Clay. You know, no, we don't do that. Or, David, you made a mistake in your notes today, or, or you, you, spoke, you misspoke something. Satan seeks to split things up. If we have that understanding, we know how to fight against him. Romans 5.5. 5. Go ahead and turn over there. We're going to be in Romans for um, just a couple of verses here. The first one is Romans 5.5. 5. Um, 
It says here, May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus. Unity is harmony, is oneness of purpose. God will not work. I want you to hold on to this for a moment and listen to this. God will not work where there is disunity. That is a very sobering thought. He can't work where there is disunity. Why is that? Because he is a triune God. He is in complete unity. And when there is disunity, he kind of steps back and says, you know, I cannot be in the midst of confusion. I will not be in the midst of confusion. I will not be in the midst of disunity. Romans 16, 17 says this, And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. And he, he hits on this. Stay away from them. Now, this is not talking about unbelievers. This is talking about within the church. People who are bringing disunity and teaching things contrary to the word of God that would bring disunity... He says, stay away from them. As I look at that to purpose in my life, I think, you know what? I, I don't want to be that guy that people would want to stay away from. I want to make sure that my doctrine is correct. I want to make sure that I'm teaching love God, love your neighbor. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. Mr. Mr. Stowe used the word from Proverbs here just a little bit ago, simple. Just don't know any better. We have to grow in our knowledge of the word so that we are not deceived. And we have to watch out for those type of things because, again, Satan is a divider. He will come in to, uh, to divide. And we're talking about people in the church, not people outside of the church at this moment. Those who seek to divide are being used by the enemy. That's a very sobering thought as well. How do we know that? Because God is a unified God, and he will not seek to bring disunity. So if we are being used, that's why I can say all these groups that are saying that we are Christians, no, they're not. They're bringing disunity. They're bringing hate. You tell me where there is hate in God. He hates sin. But he does not hate people, and he does not elevate one above the other. Let's bring it closely to the family here for a moment. We're going to make it real. 1 Peter 3, 7. This verse here tells us that God will not hear the prayer of a husband who dishonors his wife. Husbands, do you honor your wife or do you dishonor her? And I'm, I'm being real here. I'm talking about in front of other people. Let's bring it down here, too. I'm talking about in your heart. Do you honor your wife or do you dishonor your wife? Well, she's this. Well, she does that. She's always spending my money. She's always, uh, is it a dishonoring or is it an honoring? Now, we're, we're coming close to home today, guys. I'm talking to you guys here for a moment, okay? The Bible, you know, well, Ephesians 5 kind of gets all into that about honoring your wife, loving your wife. When you love your wife, you're not going to dishonor her. So husbands, are your prayers not being answered? Search your heart. I've had to do that before. I know that sounds crazy. I have. I've had to, I've had, it's hard to believe. No, absolutely it's not hard to believe because Satan wants to come in to bring division. Satan will work hard 
to make it happen. God's unified nature will not allow him to function in a disunified, I don't know if disunified is a word, but I'm using it, in a disunified environment. In my home, I cannot allow disunity. When I see it rise up, I've got to stop it. Your kids may think you're really hard on them. That's okay. You're fighting, not your kids, you're fighting hell. You're not fighting your wife or your husband. You're fighting the powers of hell. God will, God's nature will not allow him to function in a disunified environment. I want more of God. If I want to sense more of God, I cannot have disunity in my home, in my community, in my nation. I have to pray. I can't do a whole lot about these other groups, you know, the, the hate groups that are in Charlottesville. I, I can't do a whole lot, but I can pray. And I can say, not in my house. And I can also say this as the shepherd of abundant life. I can say, not in this house. And that's a bold statement. Not in this house. There will not be disunity and there will not be hate. Will there be disagreements? I'm sure there will be. We can work through disagreements. We, we can work through disagreements. My wife and I, we work through disagreements all the time. My kids and I, we work through disagreements all the time. We're going to have differing opinions. We can deal with that. Right, Mr. Stowe? We, we can deal with that. He doesn't like people, well, Dean said, Mr. Stowe doesn't like people wearing flip-flops. You should preach in flip-flops, you know. Not bringing disunity there. But we work through that. That was a Jamaica when we got back from our missions trip, just in case you weren't in on that one. So how do we keep unity? Here's what Ephesians 4, 3, it's up on the screen, it'll tell you. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with what? Peace and love. Absolutely. Some versions, I think, do say love. Peace and love. This means we must adjust to doing things the way God's Word says to do it. This is up on the screen, too. We have so much confusion and chaos in our relationships because secular thought has been allowed to enter our lives. I'm about to get real again, okay? Please, you guys, how many of you know I love you? Like two hands went up. <laughs> I love you. But we're, we're going we're gonna, to, you're all like, I didn't raise my hand. I'm not sure what you're about to say. You're really setting us up here for a moment. We have so much confusion and chaos in our relationships because secular thought has been allowed to enter our lives. Against husband and wife, against parents and kids, white and black, uh, rich and poor. When there's this division, God stays out, which opens up the door for hell to come in. That's, that's strong. That's powerful. Man, that's That's scary. But heaven will move when you are in unity. So stop asking, and I'm talking to myself here for a moment as well, okay? Stop asking your ungodly friends their opinion of your life and your choices and look at the principle of God's word. I, I, please don't see me this morning, because I'm going to say some pretty strong things here in just a moment. Please don't see me as a Bible thumper today, okay? I'm a... I'm, well, I'm a pastor who I am, and I love you, and I am concerned about your well-being. I'm concerned about your relationship with Jesus, and I want to make sure that this relationship is good, but this relationship has to be right before this relationship can be. 
The horizontal has to be right before the vertical can be. There are things, church, there are things in my life, there are things in your life that prevent this from being all that it can be. And we are under attack from hell because of decisions that we are making. Poor decisions. Again, this is not Bible bashing today. This is the truth being spoken in love today. Stop asking your ungodly friends their opinion of your life and your choices and your decisions. Look at the principle of God's word. To have unity, we need to set aside the viewpoint of the media. We need to set aside the viewpoint of the ungodly, of the Republican, the Democrat, the Independent Party, society as a whole. And we have to take on the viewpoint of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so David, what are you talking about? Credit card debt. Oh, my word. It's all over the news. You, you take this on. No payments for three months. No payments for three years. And we're, we're held in bondage. The importance of church. Again, I'm not... I'm just saying when we are unified together and we are hearing the word of God together and we are unified, dealing with conflict, we're told, well, karma will get them. What does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches us to pray for those who spitefully use us, to bless those. Instead, we want to say, well, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen to them. No, 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 no. The Bible says to bless. Premarital sex. We're teaching our kids it's okay as long as this. But the Bible calls it adultery. Church, I want to tell you, if this relationship is not right, this relationship will not happen. You are dividing yourself against God. And I say this with emotion today. Why is that? Because I want us to pursue God in everything that we have, with everything that we have, and nothing to hinder us. Debt. How we raise our kids, the importance of church, dealing with conflict, everything that the world says is okay, and the Bible says, no, it's not. I want to challenge you today for this relationship to be right. Get all the other relationships right. They have to be, and it has to line up, not with my opinion, not with your neighbor's opinions, but with the Word of God. What does God's Word say? If I am in contra uh, contradiction with this Word, I cannot ask for the blessings of God in my life. Husbands, if you are at aught with your wife today, you cannot ask for God to bless you. Why is that? Because there's disunity. There is division. It's against God's word. Do you hear my plea? Do you see my heart this morning? I'm not, you know, please don't see me as whacking you over the head. I'm telling you the truth of God's word today. Racism, cultural differences, class differences. Well, they act this way or that way or I don't like the way they do things. It will carry us away. Our identity is in Christ and not in culture. Where has your life taken on the avenue of culture more than it has of Christ? Let's bring correction to that. And, and here's the thing. Remember Jamaica? We just got back from Jamaica. In Jamaica, there are no problems. Only situations and situations can be solved. Is there an issue where your life is not lining up with, the, with God's word in relationships? We can fix that. We can pray. We can, we can make things happen. We can get out of debt. You know, it may take us a while to do it. 
But we can do that. We can fix these relationships. There is hope because of Jesus Christ. Amen? There is hope. So I, there, there you go. We can rectify a whole lot of these situations. Our identity is in Christ, not in culture. I want to be on the right path. I have done soul searching this week. After getting ready to preach a sermon like that, man, I have just, Lord, search my heart. I don't feel at all adequate to preach this message today because I've had hate in my heart before. I've had division in my family before. I have division in my extended family right now. You know, I, I just don't like the way they're doing that. Why in the world would they do something? Why don't I get on my knees and pray? I'm being very honest and transparent before you today. I don't speak this message as a perfect man, but I'm working to make the situation right because I want the presence of God to flow through me without hindrance. Amen? Amen. 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 Can we all commit to that? Ephesians 2.14, and here's the verse that just, you know, the batter is in the box and the pitch is coming and right out of the ballpark. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. The answers are in Jesus. The answers to the conflict, the answers to uh, not living according to God's word is through Jesus Christ. Man, on the cross, he defeated Satan. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He united Jews and Gentiles. You know what? That was a big separation, wasn't it? The Jews didn't like the Gentiles, vice versa. But he united them into one people when his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Not only that separated us as a society, but that separated us from God. That was, man, he, he knew what he was doing because peace only comes through Jesus Christ. The last point, to preserve unity, we must become humble. Uh, turn to Philippians 2. We'll look at Philippians 2, 3, and Philippians 1, 27. And yes, it is on the screen. I'm going to go ahead and read these. Um, when you get there, you can underline them. But just with time, I'm going to go ahead and read these. Philippians 2, 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of uh, others as better than yourselves. That is opposite of society. I want so-and-so to serve, you know... Doug asked me before the service today, he said, uh, David, do you need anything? I said, no, I don't think so. I'm just going to run back here and get me a couple of minutes, and, and I'll be good. I said, I really, I think that's all I need. Well, he asked, you know, Hannah went back and, and got some minutes. I know I can get those myself. Sometimes I don't think that, you know, but he, Hannah loves to serve. She didn't just bring me two minutes. She brought me three because she loves me. And I so appreciated that, serving one another. So I don't know, Hannah, I'll give you a cookie when we go back here. I'll give you one of my cookies. Don't only look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Philippians 1.27, uh, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. You see all this talk today, it's surrounding Jesus Christ and the work on the cross. We cannot do this without the understanding of the purpose of the cross, and that was to bring unity. I pray that all my messages surround the cross. We are nothing without the cross of Jesus Christ and humbling ourselves before one another. The bottom line, it's all about unity with diversity for a common goal. 
John 17, 15. I'll give you a moment to get there. John 17, 15 through 23. But let me repeat that. Unity with diversity for a common goal. Unity with diversity for a common goal. You know, when we went down to Jamaica, as you're still turning to John, when, when we went down to Jamaica, you know, their way of doing church was totally different from ours. Three and four hour church services on Sunday, which means we got another two and a half hours. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Um, if you saw any of the videos that we have on Facebook, you know, we, and, and I'm, I'm not, this is our culture, so I'm not knocking it at all. But, you know, we, we clap and we praise the Lord. But in Jamaica, you've got all this stuff going on here. And I can't do it. I just, I just, I can't do it. Uh, I try, but it looks horrible. They laugh at us. Um, <laughs> they laugh at Dean. If you have, okay, if you have Facebook, please go to Rachel's page today and look for Dean. It's on your page, right? Look for Dean and Nathan dancing. It may be on my page Oh, it is the funniest thing. We can unite around the fact that that was hilarious, watching them dance. But it was diversity, but we were all together. And you know what? We were praising God. 16 people come to know Jesus. 15, 16 people came to know Jesus. The common goal. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, Jesus says, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Jesus is praying for us. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. That's the word of God that I was just talking about that we have to look to. Teach them their word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also, now here's where we come into play, for all who will ever believe in me through their message. If you believe in Christ Jesus, that's how I can say Jesus is praying for us. We're reading this like in real time and Jesus is praying for us. Verse 21, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Let me stop here for a moment. Why is the world having such a difficult time trusting or taking Christians separate, uh, seriously? Well, because, you, again, you have all these groups out there who are claiming to be Christian who are not. We have got to be the church and show the love of God. Amen. Jesus is praying for us. And I think Wednesday night was a good step to see us coming together in our community. I have given them, verse 22, the glory you gave me so they be, may be one as we are one. Jesus made it possible. I am in you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now, uh, um, I'm going to break this down to what Jesus just said into something that's almost a rhyme. I'm in you and you in me. I want them to be in us. So it's not a rhyming thing. It's just like a I'm in you, and you're in me, and I want them to be in us. I'm in you, and you're in me, and I want them to be in us. This is Jesus. Jesus is saying, I'm in you, God, and you're in me, God, and I want them to be in us. That is the unity that Jesus is talking about. When unity is uh, dominating, you will see God. Do we want to see more miracles happen? We've got to be in unity. 
We want to see the miraculous happening within our own family. We've got to be in unity. Let me tell you, I work hard. I really do. I work hard to keep unity in my family. This is just a personal thing here, okay? I, I work hard to do that. Is that saying that Nathan is such a terrible kid that I have to work? No. It is because Satan is, he wants Nathan to not like things about me. So he'll say, look at how your dad does this. Look at how your mom does that. Look at how your brother. So he's, he's speaking these things, right? Nathan works hard as well. You know, we goof off a lot. We, we really do. I mean, it's no secret that he's my son. Just talk with him for 15 minutes. You'll hear the sarcasm in his voice. <laughs> I hear all the true, true out there. But we work hard at that because it, it's known in my family that disunity will not have a place here. I guess you could say it's one of our core values at home. There will not be disunity in this family. The boys will say when Stasha and I are having a discussion, we'll put it that way. You know, Gabriel especially, he has no, no problem speaking up. Mom, Dad... Y'all need to, or what are you doing? Why, why are you, and he's not being disrespectful. He's just like, I don't like this. It is. It is okay. You know, he's not being disrespectful. He's just basically saying, why are you guys arguing? We're having a discussion, son. <laughs> when unity is dominating, you will see God. Miracles happen when we are in one accord. Just look at the book of Acts. The church was in one accord. Can we stand this morning? I hope that today, God, the Holy Spirit has spoken something to your heart. I'm going to tell you, again, preparing for this, you know, I know this came across and, and you, you probably heard a lot of things today and maybe feeling conviction. You know my life for the past couple of weeks. The Holy Spirit has been convicting me over this. But praise God for that because I'm not going to be the same David that I was last week. There are areas of my heart that have been exposed this week. You know, I've had to go and on my Twitter feed and Facebook, I have deleted news media outlets. Because I found myself, yeah, I just, I don't understand why this group did that. I don't, da, da, da. I've had to delete it. Why is that? Because hate was forming in my heart. Now, I don't want to be ignorant to what's going on either, okay? I, I understand that. I got to get rid of that. I do because I want to be able to love my brother even if they're different from me. I want to be able to love the unsaved. Because they are different from me. The Bible says it's your kindness, God, that brings us to repentance. Let's just pray this morning. Lord, we stand before you today. Matter of fact, can we just do something as a symbol to what we want to see in our nation? Can we just grab hands to the person that's beside of you? Lord, today we are making a, a statement. Maybe it's something that's uh, just for our nation. Maybe something very personal in our own lives. But God, today, we want unity in our nation. We want nation, uh, unity in our community. We want unity in our church. And we want unity in our own homes, Lord. We want to do your word and your will for us because we understand without unity, God, you, you back up. Search our hearts, O oh Lord. See if there's any wicked way within us. And I thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ that unites us and enables us, enables us to walk in power. God, this week, because of decisions that we have made, can we see the miraculous happen? 
Can we see people come to Jesus that we've been praying for? Can we see people who have been sick, us praying for them, and they are raised up and they are made whole in Jesus' name? Lord, may our marriages be healed. May our children be healed. Relationships between parents and kids, may they be healed this week. Between co-workers, be healed in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you just real quick before we uh, are dismissed, Mr. Stowe is going to come, uh, pray for our meal, uh, give us a little bit of direction on what we're about to do, and I hope you can stay with us. Um, but if you've not received Jesus as your Savior, I want to pray for you. Is there anybody at all, you say, I've never received Jesus as my Savior. Can I pray for you? Anybody? Just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Anybody at all? You say, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Anybody? All right. Very good. That means we're believers in this house. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand and you say, today I want to become a Christian, come have some food, find any of us, um, Mr. Stowe or myself, Miss Vicki, Doug, Dean, raise your hand, guys, the elders in the back that are here. Man, just come find us and we'll, we'll show you how to make a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen? We love you and we'll see you at the back, Mr. Stowe.